Well, hello, listeners, and welcome back to Free to Say. We have a special treat for you today that we're sure you'll enjoy. Miss Katina Williams, our Jane Doe, will be joining us capping off our segment on the family unit. She'll be offering us her take on the fathers, mothers, and children of the past, present, and future. Let's listen what Mrs. Williams, our Jane Doe, is free to say. So how do I see the men, like, of my family in the old days? Or how, you know, how do I see men of the old days, like my granddad, my dad? Um, well, in my family, the men in my family, oh, I don't even know. I, let, let's start with my granddad. So my granddad drank all the time. So he wasn't that grandfather that was really interactive with us at all, unless we would go up to his apartment where he lived. And it was funny because he would like give everybody a, um, a quarter. All the, the, my sisters and my cousins, he'll say, here, take, take a quarter. And he always gave me a dollar, right? <laughs> So he always gave me more than them. He would give them a quarter and say, go split that. <laughs> my grandfather was something else, but he really didn't, I really don't ever remember a time where I actually spent time with him alone or spent time with hanging out with him. It wasn't, he wasn't that guy. Um, my dad was an absent father, you know, he, lived in Washington State, but he was from North Carolina. So he really only came home maybe twice a year. So for me, I was very upset that my dad was not a part of my life more, that he wasn't um, more present with me. Um, I had a stepfather and this, I mean, Looking back, my stepfather was a good man, but I hated him, okay? I hated him because he was in the place of where my dad was supposed to be. And so I was upset with my mom because how dare you bring this man into the house? He's not my daddy, and I developed that attitude like, hey, you are not my daddy. So, of course, I always got a whooping, always. I was that child, <laughs> so... And my, um, but back to my dad, like, as a child, as a little girl, I, when my dad was around, my dad was a very affectionate man. He was a very good man. I loved him, like, dearly. And 
I remember thinking to myself whenever, every time he would leave, I remember thinking like, does this man really understand how much I love him? Like, does he really understand how much I need him here? Like, he was that dad. Like, whenever he was here, I remember this one incident where he picked me up and carried me in his arms on a, a summer night. And he would say, lightning bugs, lightning bugs. And every time he said that, the lightning bugs would light up. So I thought he was magic. <laughs> So as a little girl, my dad was, he was everything to me. He was magic. He was loving. You know, he gave me the love that I did not have from my mom, my stepdad, or anybody else. So it, for me, it, it, it caused me to have this longing and this yearning. Like, I just want you here. But... I could never articulate that as a child. I, I can now. But as a child, how do you tell your daddy that? And he, you know, I think when looking back, it was just, I just enjoyed the moment when he was there. I just enjoyed the time with him. And when he left, I, it seems like every time he came and he left, I became more sad, more angry, you know, and things like that. But because my idea, of course I wanted my mom and dad to be together, you know. I, I didn't know why they weren't together, seeing as though they were married. And um, I heard different stories, you know, all kinds of stories. Of course, my mother had hate towards this man. She would always say things like, yeah, you just like your daddy, or, <laughs> you, um, or you're sorry, dad. You know, she was good for saying, she would say things like that. So I, I would just be like so upset with her. Like, my daddy's not a bad guy, you know. But I don't know what happened with them. I don't know. She would say things like he was a big-time drug dealer and, you know, he was selling cocaine and um, he took somebody's stuff, his cocaine, so that's why he moved all the way to Washington State. Okay, I don't know. That's the only story I've heard. But my dad was a truck driver, but how he landed... 3,000 miles away from North Carolina. I have no idea. But, of course, so for me, okay, and, and back to my stepfather. Like, I had that stepfather. He was a disciplinarian. Of course, I just stayed angry because he disciplined me. You're not my daddy. You ain't got no bitch whooping on me. And, you know, so, you know, it was, it was, it was hard because he was my younger sister's father, you know, so. And I will say that, you know, looking back, like now I can say, well, <clears throat> he was a good man because he stayed with my mom knowing she already had two kids. He took care of us like we were his own. Now I will say that. He, he integrated us into his family and even still to this day. Like we don't say that we're step anything. We're cousins. We're family. You know, we still do um, family reunions with his family and everything. I mean, we're cousins. And that's one of the things I really loved. I loved his family. And, you know, we always went on, t you know, we would go up north to Maryland, like every, you know, this, um, every summer up until I was about uh, 15. But, and this was his family. So, but 
he was just, I hated getting whoopings for him because I always felt like I got the worst whooping. You know, he would, unfortunately, he would whoop me a lot without clothes on. And, and so, and that, you know, leads me into the other men in my life, you know, like uncles and things like that. And I had an uncle, Philip, who when I was a little, little girl, he used to always take me with him everywhere. But I guess he got on drugs and, you know, he um, lived a life of addiction. But of course, as a little child, I didn't know that at the time. He passed away of an aneurysm. But I, I, I assume that as his addiction took off, he just didn't have time to take me with him, you know, much. So he wasn't around a lot. When he came around, it was all, you know, how you doing? He'll say, ask my grandma for some money, because that was his mama. Then he'll go, you won't see him no more. Next thing you know, you just hear about that. He did this. He did that. You know. Okay. Present fathers, present men. You know, um, I really don't have a lot to say about that, because... Um, of course, now my father's dead, you know, passed away five years ago. My, all of my children's fathers, and there are three, were not in my children's lives. So I really don't have a good positive example to give you other than someone like, oh, my sponsor. Because he, that meant, like, he's like a father to me. Like, he is, like, the dad that I wish that was here. Like, he, <laughs> now, he don't cut no corners with you now. And and that's what I love about him. So, for me, I, my example of a present father would be my sponsor. He, um, he shows me that unconditional love. He shows me, like, that love of a father, although he's my sponsor. Like, if I... If if I'm interested in someone or not, or, or that person interested in me, I feel like I gotta tell him. I feel like I gotta say, like, look, you know, this is, and he'll give me his little two cents <laughs> about it. But um, the fathers now are nothing like before, or, or like like maybe like my idea of a father should be, you know. I, I just, I can't, like, I don't have a lot of positive experience with that. I wish I did. But, like I said, I think now my sponsor is, is more like a, he's a, to me, he's like a good sponsor dad. Okay, what do I think about the men of the present? Okay. Hmm. So, <laughs> The men of the present, some of them are weak, okay? <laughs> I do believe there are some good men out there, though. I do, you know, but there are a lot of ones that I see that you complain too much, okay? The ones who, you know, you, you have these children and um, you're not in these children's lives, you know? That's what I don't like to see. Um, these, these young men who are growing up and, and, and 
you know, being stereotyped or being um, racial profiled or things like that, where are some of, where are their fathers, you know? Not saying that all of them don't have their fathers, but, you know, it's just, I don't see a lot of, but then again, look at mass incarceration. There's a lot of men who are locked up too. They, there could be some good fathers in there, but from what I see, I don't see a lot of fathers, like sporadically, you'll see a father with a family. You know, a father with their kid and the mom and this and that. Or, you know, last night I saw this guy, I guess he was waiting for his wife, and he had his little girl there. You know, today I saw a family at my job, the husband, the wife, and the two little boys. And he was so interactive with these kids. That's what fathers should be. The fathers of the present should be, like, present. You know, I don't see that. I don't see that a lot. Wow. Okay, how much does race, culture, and social damage play? Social influence. Wow. That's a deep question. Um, I, I, you know what? To be honest, I, I see more white people being interactive with their kids, more white fathers you know, being more attentive to their kids and taking them to the park and, you know, playing on the floor with them, with their toys, coloring and things like that. I don't see very many black men doing that. I don't. I'm not saying there aren't any. I believe there are some, but I, you don't see them. It's not as prevalent as the white fathers. Um, I don't know what it is, what, like, First of all, it, a, a lot of the times have changed. Times have definitely changed. So, how much do I think religion plays in a part of fathers being what they were and what they are now? Again, that's a deep question because for me, I like I was not. Religion was not something that was um, a part of my family's life at all. Like, uh, so the men in my family didn't go to church. It, the women may have, but the men didn't go. And and um, even now, well, the, I have seen a lot of men in church when I did go. Okay, so let me just say about like my my late pastor. He's not my, but he was my spiritual father. I remember really being somewhat envious and jealous of his kids because I wanted that type of son and I wanted that type of daughter. You know, he was stern, he was firm, but he loved his kids. And he was, he was um, concerned with them knowing about God and concerned with them being raised, what he would say, raised right. You know, like today, what is right? What is right and wrong today? You know, and where are the men to teach the children? So men, fathers of the future, what do I see? Well, what I see, uh, and, and I will say this, although I, I didn't have very many positive influences, I believe that there are positive influences in the church. I, what I do believe that if these, the kids of today, the boys of today, if that 
perhaps, I don't know if I would call it legacy, but if that thing doesn't continue where a strong man is teaching them and, and helping them, you know, to learn about life, learn about how to be men in this world, then how are they going to do it themselves? I, I, like, I don't see that happening if they don't have proper guidance. If, if they don't have proper guidance and they don't have someone, a leader, so to speak, you know, to kind of take them by the collar and say, like, look, this is the way you treat your wife. This is the way you, you know, love on your kids. This is the way you run your household. If there is no one to do that for them, I don't see a bright future. Like, I, they may, they, I feel like there, there's going to be a lot of struggle, be, you know. Hopefully, hopefully there are, I mean, I believe there are some, some resilient men who can pull themselves up by the bootstraps and do what they got to do. But I, I think it, um, it has to be leadership. It has to be someone to influence that. Women of the old. Women of the old were strong women, okay? You were going to church, okay? They, these women, they were in the kitchen cooking. They were taking care of the kids. They were taking care of the household. Now, I don't have a whole lot of successful married women in my family where, you know, the women took care of the husband and all that kind of but that's what I believe, what I saw in other women was they took care of their husbands, their kids, their household. Like, they were strong women, you know? They were the backbone of the family, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Like, like I've heard someone say, who said it? It might have been um, your friend Danny. She said that, although the men was the head, that a woman is the anchor. And back then, that's what, I, that's what I see. Okay, so when I think about mothers of the past, like when I think about like my Aunt Janie Mae, she was Janie Mae. And she was that aunt that, I mean, she cooked in the kitchen. You could not come in her kitchen. But see, she was a strong woman. I mean, she was just a strong woman. She was in church. You know, she took care of four kids on her own. Like, I just had this thing, like, I never looked at my mom like a strong woman. I didn't see my mother as a strong woman, but I saw other women, like my aunties, like them as a strong woman. They they, they were aunts that your, my mom used to threaten me with, like, you know, straighten up, I'm going to send you over there to your Aunt Jenny Mae, you know, but um, I miss that kind of woman because I don't see a lot of those women now. What do I see in the mothers of the present, of the present day in myself as well as others? Well, for myself, you know, I will say that um, I am the mother of three kids. Um, and I will say that I was not, I made a lot of mistakes as a mother. Um, I didn't have a lot of positive role models other than my aunt Janie Mae you know but at the same time my drug addiction you know kept me from being the parent that I could have been or should have been but like say my youngest son okay so I will say I did a I feel like I've I've done better with him than I did with my first two kids but I I was a married woman um, I was married to his father. Um, 
and I was the one who taught my son pretty much everything, even how to use the bathroom. His his father taught him nothing. You know, um, I feel like I've sacrificed a lot for this child because I love him and I want to see, you know, him um, do well. But anyways, I struggled. I struggled as a mother because I was a single mom and I kind of had to grab from bits and pieces of things like how my Aunt Janie Mae used to do this or how my grandmother used to do that. But I wish I would have had like one of those strong women to take me by the hand, you know, to just kind of guide me. But I didn't, you know, and but I think I've done the best I could with what I had to work with. You know, I've, you know, I have maintained a home with my son and myself for six whole years without any assistance, just me working and doing what I got to do to take care of my child. Um, Let's see, the women of the present. So there are a lot of women who are single mothers. There are a lot of women who are doing it for themselves, you know, um, don't need a man and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not going to say I'm that woman that I don't need a man because I do need a man. I want a man in my life, but until one comes, I still got to do what I got to do to raise my son and be the parent that he needs. So I'm a, I'm, I'm an, I'm an available parent. I'm an active mother in my child's life, you know. So it's it's almost like what I didn't do for the other two I made up with this one right here. But um the the mothers of the present have definitely changed from the ones in the past, that's for sure. Would I say that was good, bad, indifferent, or just change? Right? I would say, oh man. I would kind of say that it's bad in a way because, like, the matriarch, like, where's Big Mama? Big Mama don't even exist anymore. You know, like, I, I, a lot of these kids, they have no respect for, like, their grandparents, like, like the elderly people, period. So, and, and, and a lot of the mothers of today are friends with their kids instead of, you know, of parenting them because nowadays children have rights. <laughs> it's all about what they want to do and what they don't want to do. Really? So back then we didn't have a choice, okay? So it, it's, it's kind of funny that when children have been given a choice in things, you know, parents have kind of backed up and kind of allowed them to do what they want, say what they want, go where they want, and there's not a lot of, like, discipline or a lot of, um, it's kind of like, yeah, just letting that child run havoc. Okay, the young girls, 10 and 15 coming up, I really, really feel like if they have, you know, like, like they, like there needs to be a woman who is not ghetto fabulous, okay, trying to guide them and direct them, a woman that is all about, you know, working and and, it, and hopefully a woman that wants to be married. You know, I don't, there's nothing wrong with the independent woman. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't see a lot of women talking about being married either. Like this day and time has changed so much that um, women are not, um, promoted marriage. 
and in um, um, the family unit, you know, um, like it used to be. Um, but, and that's not to say there aren't positive women role models out here. It's just that the, the, the times have changed. The times have changed. Um, like I said, there's no more big mama, okay? How much does race, culture, and social influence um, have to do with that? Well, one of the things that I see is um, <laughs> these, some of these black women, black parents are doing things like putting all these extensions and eyelashes and all this kind of stuff in these little girls' hair <laughs> and on their eyes trying to make them, uh, I'm not going to say look white, but think they white. <laughs> That's just <laughs> that's just my opinion like I think today like what culture has like society you know tells girls that they have to be a certain size you have to be um, well, not so much of color as it used to be but you gotta have a certain size your hair got to be this long you got to be you know mm -mm. but it, it's almost like they're okay just body shaming they have body shaming and things like that. I think some of the mothers of the present are trying to get their girls to look the part. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of influencing them to just feel good about who they are, you know, and what their bodies already look like or whatever. But um, I think culture, today's culture, you know, plays a big role in um, in in how little girls are shaped these days, you know. I just, I, I think it does. Society, you know, just says that you have to look like this. You have to do this. You, you know, in order for you to have this kind of life, you need to do this, you need to say that, you need to act like this, you need to, you know. So I think religion in the past did, did play a role, you know, because at least, you know, um, there was some type of installation of, you know, you, as a little girl, you need to sit with your legs closed. You know, that was like a godly thing. Or you need to um, uh, not have sex until you're married or, you know, things like that. Nowadays, no, it's none of that. Like, it's none of that. Um, I, think, I think one of the things about religion today that there are so many um, – <laughs> pastors and stuff who are a joke or churches who are a joke that nobody wants to <laughs> nobody wants anything to do with the church nowadays like the church is is has lost a lot of its credibility that it had in the past you know which had the which which influenced the mothers of the past like all of that is gone for me the children of today the obstacles that i see these children of today, they have no survival skills at all. None. Um, I think it's children today have it a lot easier than our grandparents or people back then. Because back then, we, there wasn't a lot of technology. You know, there wasn't a lot of microwave, um, microwave solutions to problems. Today, there's microwave solutions to problems. Kids today have it so much easier or their parents, and then I'll even say for myself, especially with my youngest son, you know, parents are too busy doing things for their children instead of allowing them to learn on their own. 
And like I said, I, I fought myself even with my son, my youngest son, I think because he was the child I was more hands-on with. And, and, you know, I wanted to do everything for him. I wanted to, you know, you know, and, and I'm paying for that a little bit. It's getting better, but still, um, the kids, like, I remember when I grew up, like, there was, you don't talk back to your mom and your grandparents and your grandma and things like that. My, my mother smacked you, slam in your mouth. Today, I see these kids and, you know, they're arguing back with their parents. They're saying that the room in the parents' house is theirs. What? You don't own nothing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, like I said before, like, they had, because it's, it's, it's more talked about now that children have rights. Okay, yeah, they got us. They have certain rights, you know, um, but they just can't do what they want to do. Today, kids do whatever the hell they want to do, you know. And parents just say, okay, oh, the parents make excuses for their behavior, you know. Like, even though my son is a he's what you call it, he's not a millennial. He's whatever the next generation is. You know, but still, it's certain things like, you're not going to stand in my face. Like, he, okay, he can shut his door in, in the house, but you better not lock no door because I come busting in. What you doing? <laughs> you know, like, like kids are given too many choices today. Too many. It's okay for them to have choices, but, you know, just a few. Well, what I would say to the present man, like, of my age is, you know, be involved in your kids' lives. You know what I'm saying? I mean, especially you if you have teenagers, this is a critical time in their life, you know, to really be. And then I guess, yes, one people our age, our kids are either grown or they're teenagers, you know, like be present in their life. You know, um, don't expect them to. One of the things I will say, don't expect them to um, uh, take on or choose a career that you chose. Let them choose what they want to be in life and just be supportive of them. Like, be, help, show them how to be a man. Like, what, a, how, show them how a man treats a woman. Like, things like, you know, teaching your son to open a door for a woman. Like, I still love that kind of thing. I, I, I make my son do, do that. And he does it. Like, I'll just stand there for him to open the door for me. What else would I say to these men? I would say it's so much I want to say. Like, there's nothing out here in these streets, you know, for the even the ones our age. You know, there's there's nothing cute about chasing multiple women. Okay, um, that's that shouldn't be something that you want your son to be proud of doing. You know what I'm saying? Like teach your male children how to um, be a one woman's man and if you don't want to be with a certain woman don't take advantage of her like let her go let someone else love her like teach them how to you know um, not be possessive you know to um, if a woman doesn't want to be with you like okay Cut, cut your losses and move on, you know, like, don't be a stalker. What would I say to those women? Okay, so the women of the present, 
my age, one of the things I would say, don't be so desperate to have a man in your life, okay? Like, women of today, we're good for saying, I want a man who does this. I want a man who has that. I want a man who, you know, gives me this and says that and all that. One of the things that I learned is, what are you willing to be for that man, you know? You want all this, that this, what somebody, you want to talk about what a man can do for you. What can you do for him? <laughs> you know, like I have learned that. Some, so I, someone told me that one time. It was a guy who told me that actually. When I was telling him all I wanted in a man, he said, okay, then what are you willing to be for him? And I, it, that shut me up, but it made good sense. Like, don't expect for your needs to be the only needs relationship because they're not um you know it's okay to um stop all the drama you know you're too old for drama fighting and carrying on and you know stop sleeping with other women's husbands you know like get your own man you know what I'm saying like and stop thinking that it's okay it doesn't matter what the wife of that man, it doesn't matter what that relationship, you don't know what the hell the relationship is. The man could be telling you any damn thing is going on, you know, that the wife is this or the wife is that. Don't fall for that. You know, because the thing about it is you you're not getting the best of that man. You know, and he's not your man anyway. He's just not. You know, um, and be present for your kids. Be present for your children. Like, show your girls and your and your boys how a lady is supposed to act in the streets, okay? And how we're supposed to conduct ourselves as women, as ladies. We want to be classy. We want to say we classy. So show your young girls, show your little girls how to be a classy woman. What would I tell children now, children of today, right now? And, and it's so interesting because I have, you know, I work for a foster care agency, so I, I have children on my caseload, and I have this one particular child who's 12. So one of the things that I would say is, kids, you do not know everything, okay? You don't know shit. <laughs> okay, you, you've only been in this world 10, 12, 13 years, and you think you know what's really going on in life. You know nothing, okay? Like, live 40 years. Live 46 years and then, you know, come back into, and I bet you you'll be coming back telling me, yeah, you're right. You know, and I'm saying, listen to your damn parents, you know? Listen, at least the ones that's really trying to help you, even if it's your foster parents, listen to these people. You know what I'm saying? You, the thing about, um, nowadays and what I see these days is children got a lot more resources than what we had growing up. You got your guidance counselors, you got, if, if your, your your home life is messed up, you got guidance counselors, you got people who really do care about your well-being. You know, um, stop being so quick to say, no, I don't want to try that and give something a try. You know, like, for instance, um, Okay, so transition. I know transition is not easy for anyone. So, you know, I think about the children who are 
um, removed out of homes, you know, on my job. And they're having to go live with a foster family. And they, they got to change schools. And they got to change a lot. And I get it. You know, um, the thing about it is give something a try. Because if you're, if the situation was working where you came from, you would still be there. You know, so, like, listen to someone who has some wisdom. Like, who has some experience about life. Because life, this, the, the streets, like, like, stop thinking that these streets are your friend because these streets will swallow your little tail up, okay? You know nothing, okay? And um, just stay in a kid's place. Be a kid. Enjoy being a child. Stop trying to grow up too fast. Okay, so what do I think about homosexuality men's side? Okay, so let me say this, like, um, growing up, I had an aunt who was gay, one of my dad's sisters. So in my family, it was like, oh, that's just Aunt Booty. You know, that was her name, her nickname, Aunt Booty. And it was accepted. She is who she is. And we never had an issue with it. Now, do I want my son to come and tell me that he's gay? No. Will I love him any less? No. You know, um, however, I want my children to be, you was you were born a man or you were born a woman, I would like for you to say that. However, I don't have that. This is, is, I'm not you. You know, it's a lot more prevalent nowadays. I, and, and I don't even say it's a lot more prevalent, but people are more coming out more and, and more open about um, and more comfortable displaying or revealing themselves. And, and that's fine. I just, I just know, for me. <laughs> so I experienced, you know, some homosexuality with a female, but I know for me it was out of curiosity. But it wasn't something that I wanted to. It wasn't something that I was going to continue to do. Let me say that. No, no, it's nothing like a man. I'm sorry. I gotta say, there is nothing <laughs> like a man. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But the thing about it is, I like, all I can say is I'm not God, you know, I don't judge, do what you do, you know what I'm saying, but just keep it real with yourself. And in closing, I would like to say, this was fun, you know, I don't know if I said, you know, all that I wanted to say, I truly feel like there are some things I left out, or things I could have said, but I just, I, I enjoyed this and I want to do it again. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Katina Williams, our Jane Doe, giving us her perspective on the family unit, past, present, and future. I hope you've enjoyed her insights on the mothers, the fathers, and the children. And you can also hear her once again next week, along with our average Joe, Danny Anderson. So please, stay tuned. And remember, it's all about free to say. Yo, I sat down and I started writing you this letter. I never make it perfect, just trying to make it better. You can make it better,